Musician. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. Wow. Oh, wow. Music. Oh my god. Pros on the chat. Love music. Okay, hi, welcome to A Rockstar It Sucks. My name is Carl Kuhn. Um, you may know me from my various musical projects or music projects, none of them are musical. Uh Museum Mouth, Game Eat, and my slight involvement with Say Anything. Uh my name is Becca High, and I am always tired. Wow, I'm always tired by Joyce Manor. <laughs> I actually wrote that song. Um, and today is really exciting because we're joined by our third guest of all time, the incomparable Stevie Knight from Adult Mom. Hello. Welcome, freak. That was a good, I feel good about that. It was, it was short and sweet to the point, mm-hmm. you know. In- incomparable. You could be anything. I'm really <laughs> just a chameleon. <laughs> Cute. Well, today we're talking about a record that is really near and dear to me. I have gone on record many, many times in my life saying this is my favorite album of all time. So how we casually decided to just cover it this week, I don't really know. But I am very happy we have an iconic guest to do it with us. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an iconic record. It really, truly is. It's a life-changing, it's a, it's a period, it's a new period in music. It's a new changed everything for me so it changed everything for me too it came out on it literally came out on my 17th birthday i know gasp psychotic right what i know me and this album were very star-crossed and that album happens to be the con by tegan and sarah bc actually stands for before the con (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly well in my in my research, I was surprised to see that when it came out, so many critics hated it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I watched this album get actively panned as a fan. Like, literally, even People Magazine dunked on them. What? People Magazine! Oh, my God. I like doing their crosswords. If my memory serves me correctly, People Magazine was like, yeah, they sound like aliens, period. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> some some major publication did them that dirty, which is just wild to me. Well, Pitchfork fucking said their genre was tampon rock. Yeah. That Pitchfork review, which was written by a woman, by the way, it's like another thing they said is that the edgiest thing about them were their haircuts. <laughs> which they have always had really amazing hair yeah like it's important to bring up the hair but that's also just like a really lame joke about angles and hair it's pitiful it's like god forbid someone wants to just have a mullet <laughs> god forbid. normalize literally normalize mullets oh my have God. you not seen identical twin lesbians who have mullets and make rock music together god forbid <laughs> God forbid. Uh, yeah, mullets are back in a huge way. Oh my it's god. It's crazy. And you know what? It's driving me a little bit up the wall because here's the thing. It's like, okay, everyone's on, you know, I'm on I'm heavily involved in TikTok. And <laughs> all of the gays um are like cutting they're like, I'm getting my mullet, it's mullet time. There's literally a sound that's it's go it goes, it's mullet time, like over and over again. It's the worst. But then these people are getting 
quote unquote mullets, but it's just a curtain bang. <laughs> what is that? Uh... It's at best a couple of layers. <sighs> yeah, that's like, oh my God, Bay Area haircut culture is the worst <laughs> like everyone either gets a shag or a mullet and I went to a place to get my haircut and ended up with a mullet <laughs> not on purpose it was the worst haircut it took forever to grow out they're so uncomfortable to be honest mm-hmm. a mullet <laughs> like, like talking about like physically like hair in the back tends to be heavier and it's like always touching your neck and it's like I don't know it doesn't your neck is hot so the hair is going to get hot <sighs> and then it's going to keep touching you Ew. It's and yeah that's it's... really why only the strongest of us can have that haircut can wear the mullet with pride like, uh... like you know I appreciate Miley Cyrus's efforts because she looks really good yeah, she does. She's in an, an, an she's in an iconic hair moment right now, which is. But you know who you know who walked for her to run? Who? Carly Rae. That's T, and hers was fucking. We need to. It's her so, hair was black. I know. It was she like did a crazy black, black angular jagged mullet. That's like a moment lost on culture. We need to. We need to put some respect on her name. And I will say, she was collaborating with Tegan and Sarah like around that. That was like the emotion era. So uh, I don't know. It just all comes back to them, fellas. (laughs) (laughs) It's truly wild. Like that era of like of pop music, like Carly Rae emotion. It's crazy how so much of that you can trace immediately back to Heartthrob by Tegan and Sarah. Yeah. It's wild. So much of every like pop music, like so many like of like, like that, like three year time span of pop music where everyone was obsessed with like 808 beats. Yes, Greg Kirsten producing everything, <laughs> producing television shows. Even. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but okay, so the con is the con. The version of it that I bought was uh, packaged with a DVD that contained the making of the con. Which, outside of the movie Pacific Rim, this is my second favorite movie. <laughs> it's really insightful. It's it was kind of like an era before social media where you were always, if you really loved a band or an artist, you were kind of like jonesing for more content from them. And this DVD was like that. It was like the perfect amount of content from them. They gave you like behind the scenes on recording all the songs, kind of what the songs were about, like literal in-studio footage of it. It was always just, it was, it was nice. It was nice to have that. And I would, I wish every album had that because you digest the music so much differently then. And that was 2007? 2007. Okay. Yeah. They were my age, which I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Wait, how old how old were they? Twenty seven. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Every time I think about musicians who are amazing at the age I am right now, it makes me really jealous and feel like a failure. <laughs> Art started Everclear when he was thirty period well i always think about like as a side note with that like i always think about cheryl crow because she was like 32 or something like that when her she did her first record and yeah that's like major because she has made a million amazing things (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i agree with you it can be it can be 
can be challenging. It can be like looking in a mirror a little bit too much. Cardi <laughs> B is 27. Which really? when I tell people that, same exact reaction. <laughs> <laughs> she like, just seems no. ageless to me. Yeah. She is 27. They were 27 uh, when they made this. Wow. Mm. <sighs> you know, and... And it's their fifth album. Sorry. That's that's, no, that's what, like that's the crazy thing. That's what's crazy. That's literally what I was gonna say. Like it's crazy that this is their fifth album. Yeah. Um. I entered this band with So Jealous. I became a fan with So Jealous, and unfortunately, I'm one of those lame people that um was introduced to So Jealous through their Walking with a Ghost cover by the White Stripes. The White Stripes wow. cover of Walking with a Ghost is how I got into <laughs> Tia and Sarah. I know that's truly sacrilege to say, but it is how I arrived. Where did you hear it? I wish I fucking knew. I think I was just like the White Stripes is one of those bands. This is really damning my case they're one of those bands that i just bought everything they put out <laughs> so like they put out like those single and that, that was one of the singles and i just bought it I and worked have backwards. a friend who is still obsessed with the white stripes and oh. he's like a 50 year old gay man and he always wants to talk to me about the white that's stripes. weird is that your ex carl Stop! <laughs> <laughs> okay um, but anyway, let's see. Do you want to? Do we want to dig into the record? I do. Just want to say, um, God, I'm like so scatterbrained. I had like a whole plan of things I wanted to say, but of course, you know, you sit down on Zoom <laughs> with your friends and you're you delete your memory. Um, what did I want to say? I just want to say that this record is kind of one of those albums that when it first came out, I absorbed it one way, and then every single year that has gone by, every time I listen to it, it feels different and new, and there are new things that stick out to me. And like as a fan of music, not even as a musician, but just as a fan of music, like I could only hope that other people that also love music have an album like that in their life, you know? I, I think that's like a really cool grounding thing to just have like you know when you're really passionate about something like that like an album to like be able to revisit and always find something new is so cool and it always means something different mm. to me the songwriting's timeless i kind of relate to that but in the way that when this album first came out i couldn't really relate to it because i was young and like didn't experience heartbreak or like relationships and then every year the meaning of it changes and that's because you know with life experience comes different meanings from mm. albums that you listened to when you were a teenager mm-hmm. for sure you know like when people say that like some albums are like growers they it takes longer to, to appreciate them or it grows with you like that's definitely i feel like this record and I think, I mean, they just like tend to be able to do that for me because of like how much I relate to them as lesbians and <laughs> through that experience that they have written about. But I think also because of how like open-ended they are as songwriters that like it just, I can like always look at things through a different lens which it's like it's not like a forced hand if that makes sense which i Absolutely. appreciate i feel like they write with such a um like it's like just the right amount of like actual true sort of like world building but also like the, just the right amount of like literary touches where it's like 
it's nonfiction and fiction in like the perfect amount where it just feels like honestly poetic mm-hmm. lol no yeah it's not so hyper like specific that you could only relate to this album in 2012 when you like got your first iPhone and were was obsessed with like the Valencia filter on Instagram or something, <laughs> you know. Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's Yeah, oh, let's we go. Do it. No, 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 let's no, do no, it. no. Okay, okay. I mean, we have we have all the time in the world to talk about this. All right. Track 1 on the con is a song called I Was Married. They really fuck you up from curtain don't don't they (laughs) they really they go in fast i will say this song this song to this day makes me want to get gay married it just truly (laughs) like gay marriage anthem it's so cute i'm seeing no one i have no feelings for anyone but like if someone proposed in the next five minutes i would say i do i love this song it's like crazy listening to this song now because like when I like when I because my Tegan and Sarah journey started before I was out. And so I was like listening to a closet, like really wasn't listening with a queer ear. <laughs> queer ear. <laughs> but like now it's like and I'm in a very committed relationship and like we are like engaged and stuff. So it's like listening to this. I'm like, whoa, like it's just like the line. Wait, what is it like? Um. We look up into the eyes of bullies breaking backs, and it's like mm-hmm. they're, they seem so scared of us. It's like, ooh, that's so romantic. It's it's like, yeah, it's fucking sad that there's, like, defiance, but then there's, like, this, I don't know, champion element <laughs> to the marriage where it's like, yeah, you're, like, a force together. The two of you, the magnets, <laughs> you guys are powerful together. <laughs> that's what they're selling here. Exactly. I didn't... I thought it was sadder, and now I think it's more hopeful than I remember it being. The way it's kind of framed is just, like, light piano, side sidebar. The first time I ever saw the actual literal music scroll on GarageBand <laughs> was watching the Con DVD with this song where they had, like, recorded the demo in GarageBand, and it was, like, playing on the scroll. I was like, this is crazy. This is the literal future. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, the bass, the bass line is so good. Mm. Also, the vocal arrangement, I... I just, it blows my mind. I'm just like, how do they come up with that shit? This is something I want to point out about this band is for years and years, I would write vocal melodies that had no long extended notes. They didn't have like sing songy notes. Mm. I remember the one time I ever worked with a producer, he was like, you are just kind of like talking your notes. Like you don't really ever sing. And I like had to do like a deep dive on like why I was like that. And I truly traced it back to this band, specifically this album. (laughs) There's no, it's like, it's like lots of terse little vocals everywhere Mm -hmm. and never really like an Adele belt moment or something. Mm -hmm. I love that because they do that a lot and like they fill each other's spaces. So like much that it that is poetic like absolutely the part where the vocals fall the look into i'm like oh. <laughs> so good and i love that like that that moment where like ugh, i'm already emotional but like when they come together in that way where their vocals like overlap and make like a b like harm like a b melody or something um it's so sick that it comes together on that line where she's talking about like looking into the mirror and like seeing no evil like of herself and i'm like oh <laughs> a powerful moment right from the damn get-go uh, oh, I hate it's them. crazy love, <laughs> love hate love hate okay wow 
Does anyone have anything else they want to say about this specific track? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> this song fucking rocks. It rocks, yeah. Okay, all right. Track two. Track two on the con is called Relief Next to Me. Okay. There is a sound that happens at around eight seconds that I need to know what it is. Is it the sound of the spurs activating on the snare drum? Because that's in there. Wait. I need to know. I need to listen. <laughs> no, I will l- listen later, but is it? It, it might be the snare. Yeah, because this is like a brush drum song. And I remember like there's like footage of him activating them. Mm-hmm. With oh. reverb on it? Probably, yeah. That might be it. I have listened to it like on a loop. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that sound? Yeah. <laughs> They do a lot of like creative sort of sound design with the drums on this record where like, you know, this is the first time real drums are present. You like literally hear them activate and they're like brush drums. I know like they use like the kick, like the beater, like the beater heads really high up. So the drum is like really like tinny sounding. Well, in this song, mm. it sounds like the kick, but it's playing such a fast rhythm it's either a double kick or the tum toms mix to sound like a kick Ooh. i know he's doing like kick drum roll stuff you want they like show the drum beater and it's like jason mcgurr the drummer from death cab for cutie which last week we simply went in on ben gibbard but i'm sorry jason mcgurr is very good at drums he does a lot of really cool creative things on this record oh i didn't he, know that and- he drummed on this record mm-hmm. and chris walla produced so it's like this oh, is essentially right. like a death cab production more or less but yeah he slayed the drums on this record to be able to play those little fast kick drum rolls on like a i don't even know how you would describe like what genre of music this song is it's very so interesting it's weird is this a do you know if this is a tegan song i think this is a sarah Sarah Sarah, sorry definitely that's what i meant definitely a sarah song she always does the weirder ones she does (laughs) the more bizarre music wait do you know the name of the bassist on this song, Matt Sharp, Matt, no, yeah, Matt Sharp, Josh Sharp is the comedian, Matt Sharp <laughs> from The Rentals, and oh. who used to be in Weezer, he played bass on all the Sarah songs on this record. Okay, cool. That's important. And then Hunter Hunter Bergen from AFI played on all the Tegan songs. Wait, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. That's iconic. <laughs> it's really iconic. Um, but yeah, this song, I love that it's, to me, this is the weirdest song, and it's literally track two. <laughs> <laughs> the... The guitar parts and the chorus that sound like <laughs> harpsichord. <laughs> they remind me of facing Bowser in Super Mario. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes. It's <laughs> it's very like well, the thing that's cool about that chorus too, because it is does sound like fucking weird a little bit, but then when like the melody resolves to like the that theatrical moment where it's like, but I promise this. I don't call my whole life. Like, that's so, that's like a, that's a musical. That's so. It's truly like walking up the stairs with the sword <laughs> extended in your hand. But then it's like, she's like, no, but it's so weird. He's like, telling you I don't need. And it's like the fucking line doesn't finish. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, hell yeah, girl, yeah. what don't you need? <laughs> I'm like, what don't you need? You just don't need. Oh, I love it. It's so cool. I'm like literally sweating talking about this right <laughs> I'm like already like hot. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. 
Oh, wow. I will say the minute the second verse starts, it's like so blissful to me. Like you can tell that like she has learned something from getting to the end of that first chorus. And the I'll tell you now, I guess like I should have told you then. It's like there's wisdom that was gained from just getting to the end of that first chorus. So good. And then like I highlighted that verse because something I love is the wordplay and just like the alliteration it's like damn drawer slamming in my frame slamming in my frame but like it doesn't even it's not like quite alliteration but like the way that she sings it it just yeah it's she <sighs> says it with amazing emphasis i don't know damn drawer slamming in my frame is just like a sexy line <laughs> not actually sexy but just like beautiful that's what i meant to say not sexy <laughs> Sometimes beautiful and sexy are synonyms. <laughs> like ele- it's like it's like elegant. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> beautiful, sexy, elegant. <laughs> wow, we love her, and her is the song. Um, let's see, Becca. Is there anything else you want to say about this song? Mm. <laughs> Andre. No. <laughs> I will say, I think in the DVD during the recording of this song, they make a comment that this record is, what, 14 songs in like 35, 36 minutes? Yeah. And one of them says, yeah, we're like the Beatles. <laughs> and it's one of those things that like is, it's just like a goofy, funny joke. But like this song to me kind of like reminds me, unfortunately, of like the Beatles when they're at their kind of zaniest, where they're just tracking like anything and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it kind of has that feel to it. The song is very sound design, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I like how they play, and I think it's like a cool introduction to what they're going to do for the rest of the record. Too. Totally. From the first song, from I Was Married into this song, <laughs> it's like the album could go anywhere. Yeah, you're like, where the <laughs> fuck are we going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. I was going to ask, since I haven't seen the DVD that came with the con, Did they, I'm just curious if they seemed happy writing this because (laughs) from all, from the interview I read, Sarah apparently hated this album and they were like fighting all the time during Yeah, didn't it like almost like break them? Yeah. I I think with these sisters, it would seem like up until recently, almost every album almost (laughs) broke them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I totally get that you're making music with your identical twin. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, there's like some funny moments where you can tell that like tensions are like boiling, whether it's like in a, in like a serious way or if it's like in a comedic way or if it's in like a comedic so it doesn't get serious way. Mm. You can tell that there's like Tension. something going on. But also when you're like 27, I feel like your vibe is always like that you're <laughs> mad and going through something. So. That's me right now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just because so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, track two, Relief Next to Me. I think it fucking rocks. Yeah, it rocks. It rocks. All right, track three, the title track, The Con. They have a belted out moment here. Tegan goes for it a lot. Mm. Sarah, like, doesn't really. This song is so important to me. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, this is, like... If my youth was like a senior like dissertation, mm-hmm. this is my this song is my thesis. And I don't want to say this right off the bat to like sound disrespectful. I'm just gonna say this as a compliment. Like, like I said, there was a theatrical moment 
in the last song and this song is also <laughs> very theatrical like I just feel like you know like in musicals when actors like they don't like stumble over their words but they like sing really fast um it's like very <laughs> rhythmic yes like the verses in this song like give me that vibe where it's like I'm just like trying to catch up with what she's saying and it's like very emotional like and it's like an experience she's like storytelling <laughs> Absolutely. I watched Hamilton for the first time ever like two weekends ago and I was drunk as shit and felt like I had to focus so hard. And I can kind of, yeah, I kind of get that sort of tea from this. I, okay, Becca, what do you want to say about the song, Queen? This, I mean, now (laughs) that Stevie pointed it out, it really does read like a musical. (laughs) Like the talking, singing, and the verses. But... The pre-chorus and chorus are one of the most powerful musical Mm. moments in musical history, Mm -hmm. music history. Oh, God. Now I'm, like, thinking of it. Give this song a fucking Tony, honestly. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) And, like, I feel like the main problem people had with this album when it came out was music was coming from music theory snobs. So Mm. they were like, this album doesn't make sense from a music theory perspective which like I understand but I think is a really stupid thing (laughs) to say about this album because it it's just like like I've said before you you can write better music without music theory because there's like no fucking rules and that's exactly what they're doing Mm -hmm. and it works like would I ever have the thought to choose the keyboard tones they use in this song to go with the acoustic guitar? Like, Mm-mm. it's so good. Yeah. It's a literal rock song based around acoustic guitar with yes. 50 billion synth sounds also <laughs> going on. It's wild. The arsenal is truly one of a kind and the on this track. Fucking bass on this oh. song. What the hell? Oh my God. <laughs> It's like, it's so emotional. I'm like, oh, I just want to like listen to that. I wish we had an isolated track. I want to find that. Reach out. I'm sure one of them would send us the stems. Hi, can I have the stems? (laughs) It's like not even to do anything. I just want to listen to them. (laughs) Yeah, really. It's like our own personal song exploder. Seriously. I I actually, I have a folder of REM stems that I have. I do that in my free time. I just listen to them and I'm like, oh, that's fucking sick. <laughs> I love that. I celebrate that. Um, let's see. I will say this is one of the songs that when it came out, I was obsessed with the idea of like learning it on guitar mm. and it felt impossible to me to like recreate how the guitar exactly sounds on this song. It's like, I think there's a capo on one. So we're starting off a little flat, I guess. I don't know, I don't speak music theory, Mm -hmm. but it just felt like every time I would ever try to recreate any part of the song, I literally could not do it. Mm -hmm. And that's like, to me, that's like iconic. And they've released the con covers, you know, Mm -hmm. during the 10 year anniversary. And like, I just feel bad. Who did this one? Was it like Shura? I think it was Shura. Shura, I mean, honestly, bless her heart i'm sure she tried but like that's a tall order yeah she has like a synth kind of version it's more ambient um which is it's awesome but yeah but the one thing i want to say about this song the cover track is um that i i I texted you carl earlier is 
So the chorus, that's like awesome, the best lyrics. It's like, nobody likes to, but I really like to cry. Nobody likes me. Maybe if I cry. And it's mm-hmm. like, how do you feel about the explanation that like the actual con of it all of this song is that <laughs> yeah. she is like, no, like nobody likes to cry, but I really like to. So I'm going to do it. So people will like me, but I secretly like to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like it's a almost like a plea for attention in a way that's like not hurting you at all. You're like yeah. only benefiting. It and might like be hurting your image in the long run, but but like that yeah. makes sense to me as a con. It really does, and it's kind of crazy because like you know for years I feel like people were like, why is it the con? Like, what's the con? And that truly, it, to me, the 2020 take what you texted me earlier that <laughs> statement is the con. It's Here crazy. It took me so long to figure it out. I had and no I didn't even figure it out. I, I didn't understand. I just always thought it was more. I mean, and I think it stretches that metaphor stretches across the record. Like, there's different cons here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like that because I think it's I, it's very <laughs> relatable to me. I love crying. <laughs> <laughs> When it's happening, I'm like, I needed to do this. And mm-hmm. like, even if it's like for the stupidest reason, I'm just like, wow, it feels great to get this out. Absolutely. It's like not all bad. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think you're definitely. I think you've cracked the code. <laughs> at least as much as we know, as, as much as we could possibly know about the code in 2020, <laughs> you've cracked it. Wow. All right. I think the title track, track number three, the con, it fucking rocks. Mm-hmm. It it's so good. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's so good. All right, track number four, Knife Going In. I will say there's a really funny moment uh, on the DVD where they're talking about this song. And uh, Sarah's talking about how she demoed the song. And I think it's her mom or someone found it like on the computer and was like, is everything okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like about it's like she's like about a nightmare or something, right? Is it? Is that? Is there like an annotation for that or an interview somewhere about that? I, I've read, I read on Genius. This might, oh, yeah. I this read on Genius. Might be true or not. <laughs> she says that she had a bad dream that her that Tegan was stabbed. Um, so. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm reading that right now. <laughs> we all are. We're all tuning in viciously. This person who wrote this annotation I is getting a lot like of views right now. I feel like someone made that up. Yeah, that's <laughs> scary. <laughs> I don't know about that. But it's, the one thing I will, I like, I really love this song, but the one thing that I fucking love the most about it, because that makes it a dyke song, is that she literally puts the name of her partner at the time, like, in the verse. She's like, Emmy, Emmy should I stop? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> it's crazy, too, because they've just continued to collab with Emmy their whole career, and I'm I like, know. that, that alone is like its own movie. I want to know all about that. It's just the, it's the dyke experience. <laughs> it's become part of the fam. <laughs> It's true. Once you're in, you're in forever. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, overall, I'm kind of neutral on this song, but I do like it. I think this is, I know Khaki King played like lap steel on two mm, songs on this record. I think she's on this one. Okay. Because I'm obsessed with that boingy guitar string thing. Is that lap steel? The really kind of boingy thing that's like doing like some like goofy. I don't sounds like guitar or something. It's like resonator. It's like the big metal guitar. (gasps) 
they do a lot of resonator i think the song is like mostly recorded on resonator and then the lap steals in the chorus it's like the high like there's like a really high bouncy sort of sound thing that's like mm-hmm. a soundscape sort of thing that's all lap steel mm. and khaki king i love play. that yeah it's really cool um it like this song in general i want to see the project files for all these songs because there's so <laughs> much going on yeah for real though i i li- i would listen to a song focusing on the lyrics and then play it again trying to focus on the instrumental parts and it's impossible it's so it's <laughs> there's a lot of going there's a lot going on but there it's is good. i think not to backtrack but i think in relief next to me talking about the bass i think that they tracked four different bass takes and used all four of them <laughs> i like if i remember correctly in the dvd they like talk about that where it's like yeah matt came up with four things and i think we're just going to use all of them yes yeah <laughs> there i love that there's a quote i copy and pasted from that interview i read uh, talking about how their musical director was trying to figure out parts for their tour and he said that the record was a mess and <laughs> <laughs> and Tegan said that Sarah and her would have four or five different guitar parts that were all interlocking <laughs> and breaking all the rules of musical theory it, that's like I definitely yeah I saw them on tour for this record and I was like kind of like I was like a little thrown off by how different the song sounded live just because it's like you're taking you're taking a truly a million tracks and turning it into like a four mm. or five piece band live and it's like that's a hard task that's hard even just the chorus drum beat of the, i'm sorry to go back to, i literally can't stop going back i like <laughs> it's fine the title track the con the chorus drum beat the fact that the snare hits are on mm. like not one and two and three or four it's like offbeat stuff mm-hmm. that is crazy Oof. but okay yeah, there's a there's another really great quote Tegan said about breaking all the rules and not really knowing what they were doing. Uh, <laughs> she says that they know exactly what they're doing now, and she can't think of anything more boring than people who are pitch perfect and play their instruments perfectly. Those musicians mm. must play to four people every night. The con <laughs> is imperfect in every single way. There's something undeniably easy to re- to relate to there. Dude. And maybe that's another con. That it could it could totally be the most amazing <laughs> album of all time. <laughs> Just a crazy mess. Oh, I love it! Wow. Speaking okay. of freaking crazy, yeah, this next track is crazy. Okay, I think Knife going in, track four, it rocks. Yeah. Yeah, it rocks. All right. Are you 10 years ago, <laughs> track five? What, I, the fuck you, what the fuck is this title? I yeah. wrote in my notes to come back to the song, and I never did. So <laughs> I, like, don't know why I wrote down to come back to this. <laughs> It's it's a lot. Breaking apart, yeah, it's def- it's totally a lot. Breaking apart the title, like I guess it was written when Tegan was fifteen and she was kind of revisiting the, or it was like the the it's about being fifteen and she's like revisiting it now mm-hmm, at like twenty five. Mm-hmm. So that's how you're you're breaking down the title and it's weird um, <laughs> conjugation, but 
I think the song did something that um, I have heard other musicians when they talk about this record, they talk about this moment in the DVD. Tegan is in the vocal booth recording with her hands over her mouth. And people are like, oh my God. I, I think it's Haley Williams. It was like, I'd never seen anyone do that. And now I do it all the time. Like when I'm tracking vocals. What? I don't. Yeah. I've never seen like just like this. Yeah, like like all the verse, like the reason why the verse is so muffled that, that... I might stay out longer than I left the oh. light on for you. Yeah, all hands over the mouth. I oh, I love like that. The... That's emotion. Chris Walla, who produced this, is <laughs> so cool. What a freak. Total freak what energy. What a freak. I like this song a lot. Like, it's fucking weird. Um, I like how it's a note to self. I love those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's industrial. It's it like is industrial. industrial. It's like very, it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> the one thing I love about them is like, well, when when they're both singing together and it's like a little bit off key, but it's like in a sick way, like they like make, <laughs> I always joke that they make like their own note, like when they harmonize. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah. And it sounds like when it's like, take an I'm yours, I'm, it's like, they just sounds like they're making their own note. Um, it's sick. <laughs> I love the back and forth too uh, about whether it's taken, I'm yours, I'm, or if it's Tegan, I am yours, I'm. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Obviously, it's taken, yeah. but like the idea of reading into it like that, you're like, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's cool that they, um, there are a couple moments where the lie, like real drums, like actual a human Jason McGurr playing drums, does like the crazy big tom fill, and they like use it to just like accent certain yeah. parts of the song. That's like it's the same as like the program drums that are happening, but it just like adds like gravitas to those moments, which is a really cool mm. production thing. Yeah, that's the thing that it's a lot of dynamics in this. Something is being said in the background that is not in the genius lyrics that I want to know what they are. All I can make out is I feel dead. Mm. Oh, hold on. Oh yeah, it is not on Genius. The, is it like, I, I feel, feel sick? Is it that part? I thought it was I feel better. Am I crazy? It, it's really, I, that's why I want to know. Um. God, everyone's keys are just clacking away. Clacking <laughs> <laughs> away looking at the way. I thought it was I feel sick. But maybe I'm thinking about a different part of the song. You could totally be right. Um, okay, I'm literally just going to do what I did for the Waves thing, where the big Google results, I'm going to trust them. The Bill Clinton thing. <laughs> I feel... Oh, I feel taken. I feel, but, but she says... At the end... I'm, th- I'm solely trusting the big Google results. And again, they have led us astray in the past, but on okay. biggoogle.com, that's what it says. It's it's like during the part where she's singing, when you act like this, when you get so sick. And then in the background, there's, I feel something <laughs> dead. Wow. Sounds like dead. Dead. I'm going to go with dead. dead. I feel fucking yeah. dead. I feel fucking <laughs> Don't fuck with me. I feel fucking dead today. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna rock all these songs, but unfortunately, track five. Are you ten years ago? The song fucking rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reminds me of the Matrix. Mm. <laughs> yes. Ooh. <laughs> I'm picturing them both in the Keanu garb. Ooh. Oh my god. They would look amazing. It's hot. They're hot. Remake the Matrix. the first song. 
to be queer. Sexy, gorgeous. <laughs> Sex, sexy, gorgeous, elegant. Yes. Uh, instead of Keanu and that other lady, replace them with Tegan and Sarah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I watched uh, I watched Happiest Season. Have either uh, of y'all watched it yet? I, I don't have the... I, yes. You have? You watched it? I've Yes, I watched it. I have okay. seen it. <laughs> My thoughts are that it's not very good. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> but the, the thing best- is that everyone is like saying that it's bad, and then, of course, there's some people who are like, I actually thought it was good. And I'm like, all right, that's a lie. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't what? be a fucking hero. The best part is Dan Levy and then the youngest sister who's weird. And Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. I just can't. (sighs) This argument has been made to me so many times about Kristen Stewart actually being a good actress. And I just. (laughs) She's so fucking awkward. It like hurts. (laughs) I think she's getting better. I'm getting better. I like. I like. I like to see her on screen. Wait, didn't Tegan and Sarah actually? Didn't they do the like they credit the song? Yeah, yeah. It's a great song. They're addicted to making movie music now. I think I was kind of in denial about how much everything is awesome. Like from the Lego Movie, like really like took their career and like punted them into the stratosphere. Because now they're like <laughs> they're cool. so it's it's so cool. But it's kind of like one of those things where like. Like liter- I'm sure literal kids now are obsessed with mm-hmm. Tegan and Sarah. Mm-hmm. What do you think those kids think when they backtrack to this album? <laughs> they probably like, don't like it. Like their parents put on like the like Pandora, like Tegan and Sarah Pandora, and like or like the Lego Movie Pandora, and then like fucking like uh, burn your <laughs> burn your life down. Fucking comes on, they're like, oh shit! <laughs> Knife going in comes on. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm cool, but I'm not cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That brings us to the next track, track six, Back in Your Head. Ooh, hello. <laughs> hello, iconic fucking pop song. Perfect pop song. To go from Are You 10 Years Ago to this mm. is so funny to me. <laughs> it's truly the most sci-fi song next to the most human song on the record. <laughs> it's song before it is AI. <laughs> it's literally AI's little Michaela. Wow. I love that. This song is so good. It's truly, it's God tier. There's an amazing quote that I read somewhere at some point in time online where Sarah said that she spent like 72 hours working on the melody for this song. Wow. Where like it's like it was like a thing where they're like talking about like how Tegan will write a song in fifteen minutes and Sarah's like I painstakingly worked on this song and you hear the melody and the melody's ding 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 <laughs> like Sky Ferreira saying it took eight years to re- write and record her debut album and one of the songs the chorus is nobody asked me if I was okay no 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 but it's cute I like I'm not not clocking it I just truly adore well it's like that riff that piano riff is so good it's like such a great. Well, the thing, <laughs> the production of it is like, it's timeless to me, but it also is definitely 2007. Like, I think it was like around, like, when did that fucking song, like, Home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros? No! <laughs> no! Don't no! worry, don't worry. I'm not, no, no, I'm no. not comparing them. I'm just saying, there. when did that come out? 
Like 2009? Yeah, around the time I graduated high school. That I just, I'm only screaming because we <laughs> talked about no. this band already on the pod once. <laughs> no, I'm just, okay. You know, there's an era of like indie folk slash like indie music pop that was like, it started to use like, keyboard and like piano but like in like a twee way like no in the whale that's what i'm thinking more of more of like no in the whale which is great band by the way but (laughs) like this song was definitely a little bit pre that and i think that it it was a precursor that's all i'm saying you know, if they're always <laughs> ahead of the curve, this definitely emblazoned a lot of bad electric piano rock, for sure. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like, some people picked this up and ran with it um, in, the op- in, the, in the wrong direction. Yes, yeah, I completely agree. There's, I think, the kind of, like, that main melody being, like, so, like, terse, so cute, and, like, you know, not super complicated, I think there are a lot of other instruments in the background that mimic that and mm. kind of, like, build on that melody and make it more complex so like it all kind of comes together in this way that's like wow this song is just amazing it's beautiful i love the sentiment of it too um i love how honest that line is like i'm not unfaithful but i'll stray i'm like yes i get that like (laughs) she's like i'm loyal but i'm flaky (laughs) (laughs) yeah the self-awareness of it is really iconic (laughs) and that fucking bass line in the chorus is literally everything and that's the thing I've seen that part of the documentary um, where they talk about that bass line in the chorus. The one that's like, it's like a slide. It's like its own melody. It's so cool. And they talk about how that like made the chorus, which makes sense. It, it fills it out in a way that's not just like a fucking quarter note or like half note bass line. It's like very, it's beautiful. It's like a counter melody even. Mm-hmm, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Also, the idea of of closing your partner off in bed with books is just also very twee, in my opinion. <laughs> so it's also just gay as shit. It's so gay, the gayest thing ever. Like, like, what does every gay have like too much of in their home? Books. books. <laughs> it's also like, <laughs> like kind of painful. I mean, you build a ball, of, a wall of books. It's like, what if those fall over in the middle of the night? <laughs> Come on now. But I think that's part of the metaphor. <laughs> Does anyone have anything they want to say about this song before we move on? No. I will say every time I've ever seen this band perform this song live, it's in a different key. I think. <laughs> <laughs> they keep it fresh. <laughs> they really truly do. And that's like, I love that. That's like, I feel like they enable a lot of bad habits in me when it comes to songwriting, where it's like, I only ever have to play this song like this once and it's while I'm recording it. And then anytime after that, it can be whatever I want it to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we saw- are all three of us. <laughs> I, I saw them when they toured for Heartthrob and I wish I had a better memory because (laughs) I know they played that song, but I was like one of four straight people at that concert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this song was like my introduction to them because I saw the video for it uh, like before school. Like I would watch VH1 before school and uh, yeah, this, this music video where it's like, I think they're in like all white suits. I don't remember. It's kind of they're like on stage in like a little auditorium. Yeah, There's there like, is some white t-shirt action for sure. Yes, definitely a white t. Yeah, but yeah, that was as as the children say, a cultural reset. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will say this is one of the last music videos that really holds on to that greenish blue saturation <laughs> that was so popular in the 2000s. Oh, addicted to it. I know. It's so iconic. All right. Back in your head. Absolutely fucking rocks. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Next song, track seven, Hop a Plane. Ooh. This was an early this was an early fave for me when this record came out because I was what? Incredibly punk. This is a rock song. <laughs> this is a literal rock song. Mm-hmm. But it's like not like for as much of like a power chord rock song as it is, there's so much intricate little guitar stuff happening and so much weird off-time guitar drum parts and stuff. They like definitely couldn't they could have gone down the lane of it being like a fucking Ramon song, but they yeah. didn't. They made it very thorough and cool. I was just gonna say there's all those like Ramones or not Ramones, there's all the, <laughs> the Ramones. There's all those the like strokesy um like guitars in this song and like with like the weird like riffs, it's like <laughs> that's like underneath things. You got some juice box in there, yes. you got some reptilia guitar slides. Yes. And stuff. then also like I know you guys talked about Tokyo Police Club, but I am obsessed with that band. They are also a cultural reset, but a lot of Tokyo Police Club fellow Canadian um, type of riffs in this song. Yes, that like yeah. weirdly almost mainstream post-punk guitar stuff that yes. Canadians love to do. It's very cool. And it's like a pump up. Like this, whenever I listen to this song, it makes me want to like, it reminds me of like being in the, mi- the beginning of like a rom-com. It's like, all right, like it's like the girl is like getting ready for work. She's like packing her lunch and like putting her parka on and it's like <laughs> grabbing the keys has the bagel in the mouth like that's what yeah. that's what I mean. <laughs> bagel in the mouth <laughs> it's very that opening to the rom-com for sure the lyrics are very sweet and sad mm-hmm. all I need to hear is that you're not mine all I need you hear here is that doesn't she say something like that you're not fine, that I'm not like later, or is that just something I've he- heard in my brain? Maybe not. I'm looking. There's a lot of mine. There's a lot of mine in this song. Wow. Yeah, I think it's just all mine. That's like a. I feel like she does say fine at some point. Is this a? What's that false memory? <laughs> oh, the uh, um, the effect. Mandela effect. Man- <laughs> Mandela effect. Yeah. Mandela. <laughs> yeah. But I also think like with her, like I with the both of them, they do that weird inflection thing where it's like, I think that they do it purposefully, where it's like kind of supposed to sound like something else, but it's like yeah, they- on paper not. You know? They're like very creative with how they deliver vocals, even if it's kind of like, I feel like it took them a while to kind of get to where they are with delivering vocals like that, with that like kind of strange inflection, but it's so them now that it's like, even on early recordings, I feel like I hear it. Like, you know, you hear it bubbling up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know. Yeah, they kind of, they fuck with, um, they fuck with the, how they phrase words to where you can kind of hear them a bunch of different ways i don't know if it'll make the final edit of the pod but i'll bring it back up stevie and i were talking about how we've both been fans of this record for years and years and their entire lines that we sing wrong because we just have misheard (laughs) them for 10 plus years now 13 years yeah but that's great (laughs) yeah that's a that's a skill in and of itself (laughs) it really is (laughs) first two really goes off uh it's so good Mm mm-hmm I love it. I feel like this this song definitely 
um, was foreshadowing to all the like punk Tegan um, collaborations that would occur in the next few years, like mm-hmm. collaborating with Against Me. Yeah, I was gonna cool. say. I was just about to say they were inspired by an Against Me album. Oh wow! On this record, it probably I think it was searching for a former clarity because then like Tegan's on New Wave. I remember I saw Anti Flag. Um, after this record came out and like the playlist that they I know I saw Anti-Flag I think funny enough I think Fake Problems was opening on that tour oh my god Um, but I remember like the playlist that they played before the show had Hop a Plane on it and I remember like going up to the tour manager being like is this every night and he was like yeah it's every night I'm like okay cool we love that that's hot love that (laughs) when the punks are like fucking with Tegan and Sarah because of Hop a Plane that's Mm -hmm. so cool Wow, obsessed with this song. I think Hop a Plane rocks. 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 All right, track eight, Soil Soil. God, this song makes me cry mm. so much. It's really, this is such a tough one. Like, when I was re-listening, I'm like, I usually skip this song because it's so sweet and makes me sad. <laughs> it's raw as fuck. Mm-hmm. I'll just like really, I think the thing about this song that I appreciate and relate to so much is that imagery of like, you know, I, she needs someone to talk to. She needs someone to call her. But it's like, it's just like such a pass. It needs to be a passive engagement. Like she's like, I'm on the floor hiding out um, and I won't like take the call, but I need you to call. Like I need you to like have that symbolism of being there and show that effort of being there. But like, I can't do anything. <laughs> Or like, yes. you know I, I don't know. I just I know so exactly real. what you mean. It is so <laughs> real. I've literally experienced that situation. I feel like that's like such a thing of depression. Like that's so much of what it is for me. You know. So same, yeah. same as heaven and hell. <laughs> this is one of the songs that like every time I listen to it, I think back to every relationship I've ever been in and how it has ended. And I'm just like. Mm. Fuck my life. Uh, Why do they all have to end in soil soil? (laughs) Yeah. I never really thought about that title, but that does make sense. Yeah. I do wish, you know, like the covers album, which I I really love. Haley Williams does 19, which is incredible. But I really wanted, I was trying to manifest her to do this one. Um, I know. It's like, don't go for the banger. Go for, yeah. like, the the slow, please. Because I can just, like, picture that. I can picture it fitting her voice, but also I think, like, her songwriting, I don't know, just, like, pairs really well. Um, but, yeah, this song is like, fucking incredible. It, to me, the, it's I like, feel like it's a, a fool, p- so I'm going to stop troubling you. I that is I hear that in her voice. Yeah. Well, it's like a pre... To me, this is, like, such a big precursor to me to, like, Liability by Lord, which, like, I fucking love... You know, because it's all like isolation is like self-sabotage. So. <laughs> it really is. And I'm addicted to doing it. <laughs> <laughs> also, a Tegan song. Yeah. I like when she gets, I like when she writes the slow burners, like the slow <laughs> jams. When she gets down in there, it's like, okay, yes. We celebrate that. Um, there is a line Oh my god, let's see. Oh, I was just gonna say the like the kind of like the soil and dirt imagery that's going on here. And um there's like garden imagery, is there not? Am I going crazy? Oh, buried in my yard, a letter is mm. sent to you. I feel like the album art for this album is very much pulled from kind of like the aesthetics of this song. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
That's a cool thing. I think so. I never even paid attention to what the album cover (laughs) actually was. Like, I've never looked at it up close, I guess. Do we think the book is full of dirt or do we think the book is on the ground? I always thought that it was like a cutting, like, you know, when you carve out a book to hide something in. Mm -hmm. It looks like that to me. Yeah, it definitely, that's definitely what I have always assumed it was. But it's just like, is it like, is is the book, I'm like holding the book and I'm oh. holding it where I'm holding it. Is it full of dirt or is it like open and on the ground? It's on the ground. I think, it's, think on it's on the ground. On the ground? Yeah, I think it's on the ground. I'm so curious. I would love to interview Emmy's story about the art direction of this record. Mm-hmm. This was kind of one of the last ones that's like not, you know, like some sort of band pick on the cover or some sort of like mm. thing that's like selling their image. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's very cool. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's cool because it, it could be read both ways. Because uh, I guess there's something cool about like it just being like packed with soil and then like you can close the book and kind of hide that and take it, which I like a lot. Like there's like a privacy element. There is. I have like a shit eating grin on my face because that feels like another breakthrough moment (laughs) in trying to understand this record. It really, that's, yeah, that's a great way to interpret it. Wow. I love art. Art is so cool. Art Art is so gay and so cool. Uh, Okay, track eight, Soil Soil. The song goes off. It rocks. mm -hmm. It rocks and it breaks my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. It's truly, I mean, like a lot of the songs before it are devastating in a way that's, um, you know, it is theatrical, but I think Soil Soil is like the first devastating moment that's like, okay, this is truly just a devastating moment on its little own. Yeah. Nothing to hide behind. All right. Track nine, Burn Your Life Down. (sighs) (laughs) This song is such a journey. It's crazy because when this record came out, I... This was kind of like low key one of my least favorites, but it's the one that as time has gone on, I have grown to appreciate so much. It's unbelievable. Mm. This is my current favorite song. Next, I would say same. Next to Floor Plan, which we will get to, but this is my favorite song currently. One, yeah, because the way that I've grown with it, I didn't didn't really like, it's not that I didn't like it, I just like didn't ever really revisit it. And then... Fucking when the covers album came out and Bleachers, like Jack Anoff did his rendition of this song, that like was I I changed my entire perspective on what the song was and what it was about. And I don't know. Like I just like saw it with a completely different perspective. And now I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Becca, what do you want to say about the song? I mean, musically it's it's so beautiful (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like a throwback to them being like almost 90s singer songwriter yeah it's very Lilith Fair yes it really truly is it's like yeah I mean the outro really makes it what it is it's it's so good you're like Mm. You start out being like, oh, this. Okay, so I thought this made me <laughs> remember something. Do y'all remember them ever making a song for Powerpuff Girls? Or is that another mm. false memory I have? 
I don't know. I, whenever I think of Powerpuff Girls, I always just think of apples in stereo. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Okay, never Same mind. kind of era. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah. No, the song starts out and you're just bopping along and then the outro comes and you're like, mm. oh my God, <laughs> where did this come from and why am I crying? It's literally like that conversation with a friend where like they're kind of like, you're like, oh, how are you? And they're like, I'm fine. Like, you know, verse one is like the I'm fine. And by the end of the song, you're like, okay, this person was not fine at <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I should have checked in months ago. Yeah. And I love, okay, so like, yeah, like the, I don't know if this is, I think this is confirmed. Yeah, it was like after their grandparent, like their grandma, I think, passed away. It was like, they she had like a conversation about, like, because I, I think this song is about like her, her grandma or her grandfather losing uh, his like wife, his like life partner, whatever, how you cope with that grief and like. She, he said something about how he has a hard time driving because his wife was always in the passenger seat and how he, like, can't... It's hard for him to look in the passenger seat. And, like, apparently that's what this outro is referencing. And it's like, I drive along the block and I'm not looking to my right. Like, oh, oh God. Well, oh. now, like, fuck me up even more. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. It's we, Listeners, we've all been in a group chat leading up to this ep where we've been talking about how much this record has been making us cry. <laughs> and it's like, it's going to happen on Zoom in this very moment. I thought I'd gotten it all out of my system, but <laughs> God damn. As someone who has used and abused being like that twink in the passenger seat Ugh. of a gay relationship, I this fucks me up. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Gays who are always driving. Give it up to gays who are give it up for gays who are always driving. Thank you. Thank you, gays who drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wow. fucking like imagery of I break my heart around this. And then literally the last line of the song is I break my heart around this pole. And I'm like, oh. Cause okay, I don't know if it's just because I'm like have major depressive disorder. Um and like my mind just goes here, but something about this song really like sticks out to me about like being a little bit about like suicidal ideation stuff. Um, oh yeah, totally. I mean, if you have that sort of in your lexicon whatsoever, you're gonna read that. You're gonna read into it with that. You're gonna read into yeah. these lyrics with that. And maybe that's why I've grown to appreciate it more. And you know, I'm just getting <laughs> more depressed. Dude, re fucking tweet. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, no. But I'm on no meds for it and I'm every day I'm like today could be the day. I'm oh like god. it just No, you got to be like me and just up your dosage of meds every year as you get older until you're at the max. <laughs> you're like make me number. Baby. Literally. That's that's I'm like That song's about to go number okay, 1. Okay, I'm only 27 and I can't go any higher. What? Oh god. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. God, this song is really, really good. We have two minutes before this second free oh, Zoom shit. is over. <laughs> what is so, this? I don't really know if there's anything else I want to say about the song. I will say when this record came out, I was like a hoe for the liner notes. And <laughs> Tegan played and did nothing on this song. Oh, I love that. Isn't that crazy? And also for a Sarah song, it's so straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a growth for her. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a weirder move for her to like write the kind of straightforward singer-songwriter song, at least on this particular record. But God, mm-hmm. I think this song rocks. It I rocks. would agree with you. Slay. All right, track 10, 19. 19. <laughs> God. Um, I listened to the song a lot when I went away to college. Because that's, like, the only way I could relate to it. <laughs> it's, like, because, like, high school, no relationships for me. Uh, and then when I went off to college, it was more about, like, friendships that I thought were really important. And then going away and realizing that the other person probably doesn't value them as much as I do. And, like, I'm just, like, just call me, like... <laughs> oh my god carl i didn't mean to make you cry no it's okay i mean i just i can relate and i also feel guilty because we were such good friends in high school and then i mean i'm just like one of those people like <laughs> if you're not directly in my face i i have such a hard time just even keeping my literal life right in front of me in line it's like i'm bad i'm like so bad about reaching out and keeping in touch with people so i feel guilty good I feel thing we horrible. have the pod now so you're i know forced. we fucking love the pod uh, if you feel like your friendships you know could just be a little stronger just start a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay 19 what the fuck yeah i this song is such a heavy has so much weight to it for me personally like in so many ways that it's like fucked up <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I have such a hard time listening to this song. <laughs> I think um I think the narrative of this song is really cool and really important and you know it's really sweet it's really sad it's really like hopeful it's like you know it's complicated but I do think like the general kind of thought of like I feel like there's a lot of projecting going on here and that can be like really toxic, especially like in like a, a, your like your first developing like queer relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like that you imprint on like that person so hard. Cause you like, you know, if you've been closeted for like a long time, your first like queer relationship, you're imprinting on that person so much you're putting, you're projecting so much on that person. It can be really um, unhealthy. And I think that this song does a really good job of encapsulating that, unhealthy sort of state of mind um but totally. it is a great song i don't know it's i have a complicated relationship with this song as i've gotten older it's gotten more and more complicated <laughs> i mean like it i love it so much like it is just like completely metamorphosed like meaning to me and like the first time i heard it i was like closeted and now i like <laughs> like listening to it like I, I just like this song is for the gays like this is a gay song like all of Tegan and Sarah's songs are gay, but this, I think, like, this narrative in particular just is such a touchstone, like, touchstone, like, lesbian or, like, queer experience to me that I didn't really understand the weight of it until I was at the age I am now. Yeah, I, I feel like every day, you know, you would you understand it a little more, like, the weight of it. It's wild. I don't know. I definitely have had moments where like I'm experiencing something and I'm like, wow, this feels like 19. And then I'll be like older and be like thinking back to that relationship, that relationship and be like, okay, yeah, like that moment felt like 19, but also this other moment in the relationship also felt like 19. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can just apply it to so much. But it's like, yeah, it's like what it's like Tegan, 
like was writing about like a relationship ending after like a couple years i think whatever like she was like 26 27 26 when this song was written but it's like think about fucking (laughs) how much you change from age 19 to 26 that's such a that's like one of the most formative times yeah and like to be with someone through that process especially as a dyke and whatever you know it's like like you said like there can be unhealthy attachments but there's also a lot of imprinting and like a lot of I don't know, like growing in a weird way, <laughs> projection, et cetera, that you deal with in your early 20s. Totally. Um, You're going through like formative moments and like, like the other person in that relationship kind of has to like, I mean, obviously they're going through them too, more or less normally, unless you're dating 50 year old. But it's like, <laughs> it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you both have to be prepared for it and it, you're going to remember it forever. It's like, there's high, it's high stakes. I work with teens now, and when I see, like, when the teens are, like, talking to me about the relationships, I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm just praying for all of you. Like, you know, I hope 10 years down the line, you guys are still friendly. I hope you learned something. I hope that this was something you can look back at and, you know, say it was fun or you learned something. I don't know. It's stressful. <laughs> just something. don't do it. Tell them yeah. about me and be like, just don't. It's not worth it. <laughs> okay. I'll tell them that. I think musically this song, the drum fill is so funny, but so it's right. It's earned in this moment. It's so amazing. <laughs> it is. Like the minute I, the day I write a drum fill like that into one of my own songs is like the last day of my life. But the fact that they went for it here and it just, it slays. And I if you have it. the DVD, you watch, they like tracked, they tried a bunch of different fills out. And that was the one that they were like, okay, this is it. Uh, it reminds so me good. of that Phoenix song. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The one that blew up. 1901? Yes. Oh yeah, that has a big crazy drum thing, doesn't it? I forget about that. Yeah. That band fell off hard. <laughs> yeah. Were they now? <laughs> they were like Apple... Music or whatever iPods, I forget what <laughs> things were called back then. I mean, this is a whole podcast about owning an iPod. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, um, that the, is crazy. The last thing that I want to say personally about this song is that I it used to be me and my shitty ex boyfriend's quote unquote song, and I'm like, why the <laughs> fuck is <laughs> this the song? So that's so bad. That's like how <laughs> Carl, I think you know this, my first boyfriend ever, our song was um fucking Dig by Incubus. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I totally forgot. That is so I literally, whenever anyone talks to me about that song, it goes one ear and out the other because I hate that song so much, but I J'adore that for you. Oh, it's so depressing, though. What the fuck? Yeah, you're addicted to having your relationship song be like a literal, awful, sad breakup, weird moment song. And that's a on, hard moment song. It, that's on fucking um, like grenades. fucking compet, like compulsory heterosexuality. Oh, oh I'm like literally, like, get me the fuck out of here. Compulsory head. Oh yeah, well, comp hat. I'm addicted to comp hat. <laughs> Dig is the most comp hat song in the world if you are a queer person. 
I love that you were like, that's on, and I answer it with like the earnest record on the Incubus discography that it came off of, like a fucking freak. Okay, wow, 19. Does anyone else have anything they want to say about this song? <laughs> that guy love when I have to edit those noises out. <laughs> what side is your appendix on? Just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, 19 rocks. Yeah, 19 absolutely fucking rocks. Okay, I'd like to get into track 11, Floor Plan. Stevie, you mentioned that this is maybe your current fave song. I know you you have a mouthful of banana at the moment. But... Um, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wait, okay, maybe you, I knew one of you had banana. I did. Mine's cheese, so. <laughs> I'm literally eating a block of cheese. Um. But yeah, I love this song. I I I um I think it's fucking weird as shit. It's very prog. <laughs> it's, it's that acoustic. It has that Dave Matthews acoustic yes. guitar tone. It is like okay, I like don't like Dave Matthews band, but I like um like four songs by Dave Matthews band and like this is it, yeah, it reminds me of one of the songs that I like. Is that bad? <laughs> no, that's iconic. I, I, oh my god! Oh my god! Sorry, I grew up Speak. on Dave Matthews Band because that is that was my mom's favorite band. So, anytime we were in the car, it was Dave Matthews Band all day, every day. Mm. Love that. I don't want to tell someone else's story because eventually we're gonna have her on the pod. But Caroline White, Infinity <laughs> Crush, she has this amazing tale of performing Crash at like an elementary school talent show. No, that's <laughs> yes! amazing. It's, it's the lyrics, the I'm king of the castle, you're the dirty rascal. That song is literally about fucking. I know. <laughs> so yeah, intimately about fucking. Mm-hmm elementary school the hike up your skirt lines and stuff <laughs> insane i know that's not it's problematic but it is what it is it's a sexy song no, and i like it sexy this elegant. song is not sexy but no it is good um i just like i think it's so melodramatic in a great way like i want your lungs to stop working without me like oh boy <laughs> yeah and also well, I was just gonna say that honesty is still there. It's like I, th- I, I think about writing you. I thought about calling you. What, what was I looking for? What am I looking for? I'm like, Ugh. yeah. To like to do that verse solely, just looking at that verse to open with like a stab to like open with like something that's like literally evil, mm-hmm. and then to be like, but wait. Mm-hmm. what what am I doing? Why did I want to do this? What am I gonna do now? It's like that kind of that kind of like manic decision making sort of vibe is incredibly relatable mm-hmm. it's like i felt evil 30 minutes ago i did something evil now i'm like why did i do that <laughs> and also i think like the metaphor like the general like the floor p- plan of like wanting to give that person that you adore and love like you know keys to how to get in and you know like how to maybe like fix the person but definitely to have to get inside um yes is really it's also it's like tragic but it's also really romantic 
It is because it's like, you know, it kind of gets to like the core of like what every relationship should be, where it's like you want to give the best of you to someone and you want to get the best of someone else, too. So you can both grow and like you never want to like intentionally hurt someone. But like if you've been in painful relationships in the past, like, you know, you kind of like want to almost go in being like, this is what happened last time. Let's not do that. So Mm -hmm. it's like, let's get the little floor plan out. And like, you know, if it goes in this direction, turn left. Mm -hmm. It's it's sweet, but it's very devastating. I know Khaki King played on two songs. I thought she was on this song, but I think she might actually be on like Oh Like H. Mm. I can't remember. Maybe I'll say it on the week. Sarah Bareilles does a really great cover of this song. That's I don't. I think I listened to the covers record once and I was just personally so annoyed that I wasn't on it because ah! I'm a Leo ass bitch <laughs> I was like okay I'm never listening to this again I'm kidding oh guitar she's on track 11 oh yeah she's on floor plan I oh. I knew I wasn't having a false memory I don't know what she did I think I think the like weird I think this might be the song where like the do 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 kind of thing that's like mm-hmm. really reverby I think that might actually be lap steel I can't remember it sounds like it could be. Yeah, she she only did like really textural ass shit, which is cool. Yeah, that song is just like so cool and different and fun and wild and heartbreaking. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. In the DVD, they talk a lot about how like the song went through a lot of different changes where it was like really fast at one point in time. And then it like also was in like a different time signature at one point in time. And it was kind of like they had to just keep like trying out these ideas to like figure out what didn't work and i mm-hmm. love when a song um you know is labored over but like the final product doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. like you didn't need, it doesn't ever sound like that there are songs in the history of songwriting that sound labored over and then you find out they were and you're like okay it shows but this mm-hmm. is not one of them no nothing on this record <laughs> feels that way to me no i love thinking about this song now sped up <laughs> yeah. yeah right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I like this they, <laughs> they like do like a lot of like earnest revealing of like their process on the dvd and it's like it makes me so interested it like and it makes me appreciate my my process more mm. so that's important shit yeah okay track 11 floor plant it absolutely fucking rocks yes i actually think the song is <gasps> fine wow. okay okay wow we have okay yeah our first find of valid, the valid. Yeah, absolutely. I highly disagree, but I'll allow oh, it. Oh, oh. <laughs> Is there anything <laughs> as the official voice of reason on Tegan and Sarah? We will allow that. Um, is there anything about the song that makes it not jump out to you, or is there it's anything just, like you have a qualm with? In the whole scheme of things, with songs on this album, honestly, I think. It would be f- fine without the song. Like, okay. I feel like this song really doesn't make a difference in the whole, in the big picture. I could see that for sure. It's like going from, if you went from 19 to like, oh, like H, I don't think the album would suffer too much. But I personally, I mean, I, I like that it goes here. Mm-hmm. I love a Sarah song. A Sarah song is always interesting to me. They mm-hmm. could like just be released as like singles and I would be like so interested to like pick it apart. <laughs> But okay, track 12, like, oh, like, age. Is there slapback on those drums? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do get it, do get it, do get it, do get it during that intro thing. There's like a yeah. lot of like slapback echo on them. I can, I can really groove to this drum rhythm. Yes. 
that shit is there's some crazy shit well, going on in the it, it's here. very like it reminds me of like the national like you know when they do a lot of those like driving drum things i don't know i've only ever listened to boxer <laughs> <laughs> but like this is like this is, this driving drum rhythm is fucking iconic like is that all kick happening this is the situation where i'm like is it crazy fast kick or is it toms played with like a, a, a felt mallet to sound like a kick I think it's crazy kick, but I think that there is like some echo on it that makes it sound like more hits than are actually happening. Because there are a ton of fucking hits happening, but um, he's just playing I a, think double, a lot of kick. double, yeah, whatever you call it, double kick pedal. It honestly, I'm listening to it right now. It sounds like a double kick pedal. <laughs> I think he does do double kick pedal. Yeah, on that's sick. So metal. Jason McGurr is so crazy good at drums. It's wild. Uh, wow. There's and also, famously, sorry to interrupt, but famously, this is a drums last record. They tracked everything first, and then Jason McGurr came in and played drums on That's it. That's so rare. I love that. And that can change the oh, complete feel of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instrument-wise, what is going on in the chorus, I could try to decipher that for hours, probably. <laughs> it's, I, yeah. I love the the way that it's sung like like h in yoga <laughs> what does that yes mean? it's so cool that this is one of those that chorus line is a line i've revisited constantly and i'm like truly do like truly what does that mean what does that mean okay. what does what does it mean tell us like maybe, i don't know uh, like oh like h in your gut that makes me think of like chemistry and like molecules and like oh is <laughs> something and h is another element and they just naturally occur in your gut people love to sing about science during this era of indie rock yeah i love science. like very you know metric they're like chemicals love it I love metric. Um, <laughs> I love metric too. I think that metric, a lot of Tegan and Sarah and metric, like they definitely build upon each other. Aren't isn't metric Canadian as well, or maybe not? They are. Yeah, they are. love him. I think um, in the DVD they talk about how before they had settled on an album title, they talked about naming the album "Sugar Spell It Out," Ooh. which is kind of crazy. I think it'd be a very different record with that kind of title. Sugar Spell It Out. Hmm. That's what makes me think it's like a molecule thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. is OH the elements that make up sh- sugar? <laughs> Wait, I wonder. What <laughs> I makes up sugar? What elements? No. Oh, actually, yeah. H and O are in it. It's C12H22O11. <gasps> oh, my. Another oh. breakthrough on the pod. Whoa. <laughs> Together, these two people just cracked the code on the chemistry of the chorus of like oh like age. Wow. Miss Graves, my AP chem teacher, she's so happy for y'all right now. <laughs> Sugar, spell it out. Literally, spell it out. <laughs> I love the math in this song too. Mm-hmm. When I was four plus a tad. Yes. When I was fourteen. <laughs> that always made me go like lose my mind. So I'm like, what an interesting way to say what age you were. I love it. <laughs> Like it's like it, I even feel like like when I was ten plus four, what sounds <laughs> sounds like elementary. But then when you say when I was four plus ten, it's like or plus a ten, 
A10. It's more mature <laughs> for some reason. It is. It's poetic. Also, the SOS to my mother, take the hinges off the door. That is like, mm. that's crazy imagery that I feel like, I feel like you have to be like a bad kid to like experience like that kind of, <laughs> yeah. um, that kind of punishment where it's like the door has to stay open. <laughs> like, you know? Like you're arguing, you're arguing too much, you're whatever, being too loud, or we can't trust you. You get to take the hinges off, but also like fucking hinges off, like I'm unhinged. Yeah, I'm unfucking hinged. <laughs> no hinges. <laughs> SOS. <laughs> They're off. I don't even. I don't know what else I even want to say about this song. I think this is another resonator guitar song, so that's like cool. We love that. Uh, that automatically makes an acoustic song a little weirder, scarier. Oh, and Shamir covered this song, and we love Shamir. Shamir does a great cover. Crazy talented. Shamir has one of those voices that it's like, mm. like you're going to get to the core of the song no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's going to sound like you're, you've arrived there. <laughs> All right. I think like Oh Like H, it rocks. it rocks. I agree. Okay, beautiful. All right. Track 13, Dark Come Soon. It also makes me cry. <laughs> uh, musically, it like it doesn't really make sense. I feel like, which honestly does not matter, but like with the previous song, I feel like I was saying how it's such a journey because you start out in one place and end up somewhere you're totally not expected instrument-wise, I guess. Mm. Are you talking about uh, Burn Your Life Down or are you talking about like Oleg H? Like, we're talking about Dark Come Soon. Oh, okay. I thought you said, I thought you said like on another song. Yeah, but I like on, I don't remember what song I was saying. I think it was Burn Your Life Down. You probably remember that better than Oh, that's right. Goldfish (laughs) Brain. Goldfish Brain. Goldfish Brain. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just like lots of different tones going on. You start out This dark. song to me feels like like parts stitched together more or less. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it to me feel again very theatrical. Like cuz especially like the the intro and then there's like the um the pre-chorus like goes into that major note. It's, yes. Uh and it's like to me I'm like ooh very staged like very <laughs> I, I love that and I don't know. I think that again like um the other song that uh, we were talking about that's like about like kind of having depression and not knowing what you want from that and like which was um was that soil soil was that what we were talking mm-hmm. about on soil, uh, I think soil about having depression yeah and not knowing what you want i think was that soil soil yeah well we talked about it a little bit on soil soil but we also talked about it a little bit on um on uh floor plan talking about yeah. the second verse but i think like with soil soil like that sentiment is really mirrored here like but I think like Soil Soil has like a little bit more of a hope, and then this song I think is more about like going in, like careening towards that edge, like which I, the lyrics are like right to the edge. I'm barely there. Um, I'm almost there. I don't know. There's something like more um, theatrical in the way where it's like I think there's like emotions that are moving like at like a faster, more impulsive speed. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're think, literally, you're hearing them move in this yeah, song. Yeah, and like musically as well. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like this song is more about anxiety 
almost. It's like that classic combo of depression and anxiety where it's like you're in the dark and you're miserable but also especially when they're talking about like hold out for the ones you know you will love and right to the edge I'm barely there slow to make my move everything I say I say to me first everything I do I do to me first and it's just yeah this is the con why isn't yeah, this, this is, called the con? Well, it's also, it's like, yeah, it's like that, like what you were just saying. And it, okay, it's like that thing that I think a lot of us do when, with anxiety or depression or whatever else. It's like when she's like, so I conned, I lied, I lied to me too. It's like, or I do this to myself first, or I'm aware of this. Like there's a self awareness mm-hmm. here, which doesn't excuse it, but okay, so what then? Like, I treat myself like garbage. So, you know what I mean? Like, what is there? Like, what's the morality here? Like, where's my threshold? I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like your bad habits. Like, it's like self. Um, oh, my God, hold on. I'm trying to I have something I want to say. It's kind of just like, like approving of your bad habits by saying, like, I do them all the time to myself and I'm yeah. fine. So, like, you know. So what if this is like an issue? I will say this song does kind of like, this song is kind of one that feels like there's an awareness of like good days and bad days when you're Mm -hmm. experiencing mental illness. And it almost feels like this was like written on a good day, but it's like acknowledging the existence of the bad days, which is like a cool like place to be writing from, I think, because, you know, they're rare. And on like a good day, you're like, you feel like galaxy brain sometimes. Mm. So like you're definitely like analyzing the way that you operate with the people in your life and like you know your future like you know you do have a future and that's like a that's a cool vantage point but i'm gonna i'm sorry i kind of have a hot take yeah i don't love this song (laughs) wow i know it's weird because to me it does really it is really similar to the title track but it just feels like the title track too and it's like one of those songs that like a lot of people in my life piled onto early on with this record they're like oh my god that song is so good and it just like i think it clicked for me late but then it went away and then it like has clicked at other times but it like it's in and out for me this is not necessarily always my jam Mm, i appreciate that because i think i don't know i think that makes sense it's not like a melodic banger you know it's not like, I think that it can go a lot of different ways for you. Because it, to me, it feels like a transitional track. Yeah, it feels like the longest interlude track. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the thing that I love about it the most, like, the thing that I really like, like, and this is not, like, I didn't, this is not, like, a song that, like, if I'm listening to the record, I usually kind of skip past this one, but. Me too. But then it's, like. I think I'm really appreciating it like more like live, like right now while we're talking about it. <laughs> so I'm like, It's wait. one of those songs like, yeah, when I'm like on one about it, I'm like, okay, I really do feel passionately <laughs> about this song. Well, it's like, I guess I didn't like really make this connection before, which is crazy, but like, yeah, when we were talking about the title track and then like how the con is, you know, like I think a lot of this album is about the con being like, um, not necessarily lying, but you know, faking it through your mental illness or your shit that's going on. And, um, like, this song is, like, yeah, like, that, okay, so what, I lied, I conned, I do this all the time because it's, like, a, it's a method of survival. And, like, I don't know, I think 
to me, that's why I'm like, oh, this is like actually a very important, like a lyrical song that needs to be there for that to be like confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. The song is uh, about Instagram. Also, <laughs> and just like putting on that facade of like having yeah. a perfect life and everything and then it's like nope but it's lies like, and i think like it's like when you have depression or something like when you have a good day or something like i think the bad day is not that it feels far off but like for me sometimes i'm like oh i feel like i'm lying because i was like yesterday i, ha- I was sick uh, and today I'm just like, oh, nothing had happened. And it makes me feel like a fucking guilty, like, fraud. Where I'm like, wait, 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 wasn't I, wasn't I just, like, super depressed? So, I don't know. That's also something that rings true for me here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the whole, from, from my own personal experience of putting on a facade for the sake of other people's feelings and, like, you don't want people to worry about you, so you're like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't <laughs> don't worry about me. And it's like, but you're not. You yeah, know? and then when they start worrying about you, you're like, no, I'm literally fine. I told you. Yeah. But like, it's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so, yeah. there's so many life uh, experiences that relate to this. Yes, most definitely. A coming of age album that never comes of age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think in general, a final verdict on this song. I think this song is fine in today. On today in 2020, I think the song is fine. Next week, I'll probably think it rocks. Two weeks from then, I'll probably think it sucks. But right yeah. now, I think it's just fine. That's that's great. That's fine. What about y'all? I think it rocks. I too think it rocks slay all right last fucking song track 14 call it off Woo. god <laughs> Fuck it. you know there's like a whole lore about this song no please tell it's all on genius <laughs> our favorite website but it's crazy it's like okay i think that they're together now i need to look this oh wait up. this sounds right i do think she's i think tegan is like dating someone named Lindsay, like long term yeah okay so yeah, the lore is Tegan wrote called off about her partner or wife. Are they married? Is she married? Is she married? Oh my uh, the genius and now Kava, they <laughs> are married. married. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Well, to summarize what it says, it says Tegan wrote it about um a woman named Lindsay who she met on tour who was selling who was selling merch for a band they were on touring with. Um and Tried to woo her, but didn't work out. Tried for years to have a romantic thing and wrote a bunch of songs about it and never worked out. And then I guess they're like together now. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently it took the set of the music video to make it happen. Why is that so cool? That's so hot. I love that. It's a movie. Yeah, that's a real (laughs) rom-com right there. Wow, to have to like to literally be Tegan or Sarah and have a movie moment like this and occur in your life. That's like spread the wealth, share the joy. It's also such like a dyke musician experience. Like you're gonna like <laughs> fall for the merch girl. Um or your drummer. Yeah, or your shut up. Or your drummer. <laughs> it's love convenient. You. We love it. We love convenience. I mean, it's just like 
I don't know, especially when it comes to music, like any person you kind of meet, like when you're doing your job and your job is music, it's like you're, even if you're like kind of phoning it in at like a live show in general, that's like a profession that takes so much of your like actual soul. You're pouring so much of your actual soul into it. It's like the people that are kind of like existing around it while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. That's like important. They're not like, they're not like setting or scene. They're like important. Like that's like they're important players and like, that like when I think back to like all like the fun cool iconic like interesting things I've done with music it's like the people that were there I'm like okay that's like cool to me mm-hmm. like, you know absolutely so to like take a relationship like that and then have that be like your like actual love life like that's like that's kind of perfect <laughs> yeah I love it from an yeah from an outsider's point of view <laughs> also doesn't help that I'm obsessed with both of you so yeah <laughs> wait oh, I'm wow. looking at- <laughs> just looked up Tegan Tegan's Wikipedia to see if she's actually married. I don't think she is, but I'm like, damn, she's 5'2? They're both so so tiny. (laughs) Lady Gaga, (laughs) 5'2. But this song, I, I, I fucking love it. This is like a breakup song that I like loved a lot when I was going through like a big heart heartbreak. Um, cause I really like it's like kind of an open ended heartbreak breakup song um i don't know there's like some bit of hope there but it's also very like realistic i don't know i like i love this song yeah it's not like an evil i hate you b word breakup song it's very like it's very like amicable yeah Ugh. That's... All right, Becca, you look like you have something you really yeah, want to get off your chest. That's probably why this song fucking destroys me. Uh, having somewhat recently gone through a breakup that, like, there's oh. no hard feelings there for the most part. Um, and, like, still friendly with an ex. And, like, I was walking around. Carl, I texted you when I was walking around Lake Merritt. And this song came on. And tears started flooding my eyes, and then I had to skip, like, just stop it because I was gonna start bawling in public, <laughs> weeping in public, like for real. And then I listened to it yesterday, like in my room, and was allowed to openly weep and just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, oh my god, I can't. Becca, can I post the pic that you texted me yeah. on the Instagram? <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I'm like yes. Sundays. Uh, I usually look a mess because it's the day I wash my hair and I'm in my Snuggie and (laughs) I have a tear rolling down my cheek. And God, just as soon as a line comes in, maybe I would have been something you'd be good at. Maybe you would have been something I'd be good at. Just fuck. God damn it. (laughs) I love that. It's so mm. fucked up. I I just the way I love that line because it's like equal accountability. It's I don't know. Yeah, it's such an adult breakup song. It really truly is. God, that's like, like something we kind of we talked about that a little bit on the postal service at, before this, where it's like <laughs> a lot of Ben Gibbard songs are written like from a really self centered point of view. Like District Sleeps Alone Tonight, where it's like now I'm finally seeing my eyes the one with leaving. It's like this is like clearly <laughs> there's an awareness here that like, you know, Sarah knows that she could have been the reason. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. And that's that is a, a amazing amount of accountability. That's some lesbian realness for you. <laughs> lesbian realness. Oh. I can't believe it took us to the very last song of this <laughs> album to say those two words together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! The music vid for this song is great and simple and to the point. I love that they've like really never been like the kind of artist to make like ridiculous music videos. I feel yeah. like the songs, the songs like speak volumes, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore this song. I know they talk about on the DVD about how um, they like recorded the song a couple times, but then this was like they settled on like an early like simple rough track of acoustic guitar and vocals to be like the main and build up off of that, and that's cool. Um, sorry. Here, wait, give me one, literally one minute. One do whatever second. you got to do. Don't let I'll us. Be, I'll be right back. No. <gasps> oh my god! <gasps> I brought the boy. Oh my god! Oh my god. All right, come here. Beck and I both get ready to screenshot. Hold on, I'm gonna put him. He's like a toddler. He's like, can you pick me up? He loves you. He really does. Look. Hi, mommy. Say hello here. You want to say hello? Make little noises. Oh. oh my god, we love. Muffin. Okay, uh, you have two? Two. Okay, yeah. What's the, what this one's name is? Kermit. Kermit. I knew one of them was named Kermit. What's the other one's name? Cashew. Cashew. Okay, beautiful. Cashew. All right. We've reached the end of the track listing, which brings us to final verdict. Stevie, when we do final verdict of the pod, I count to three, and then we all say at the same time whether we think the album rocks or sucks. Okay. All right. So is everybody ready? I feel like this is obvious, but... I'm ready. All right. One, two, three. It It rocks. rocks. Oh, it rocks so hard. It slaps my ass. <laughs> it's like oh my god! I'm sorry, you just jumped. That up. was wild. Hi, baby. That was a leap. Uh, it smacks my ass in mysterious ways. You just do a left up. Do a left, <laughs> as in like do a leap. Uh oh my god! Wait, oh. Do you hear him? Wait, wait. Oh my god. Becca's gonna isolate that and put a bunch of crazy plugins on it. No, I'm just like, gonna oh, isolate hear that? it and remove every time I talk in this episode with that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, Becca, what do you think? Okay, so is there anything we want to say before we just wrap up the pod? Is there anything you... Um, Stevie, where can people find you online? At Adult Mom Band on Twitter facebook <laughs> oh my god <laughs> someone just plugged facebook on the pod Instagram. <laughs> um, and <laughs> you want my address come on I'm back. <laughs> you want my social security number wow i adore that stevie thanks for coming on the damn pod thanks for having me i had so much fun oh i'm so glad uh, thanks for bringing your s- guinea pig on the piggy yeah. is being so loud. What's wrong? He's chewing my shirt, you fucking dickhole. He wants to be on the pod. <laughs> Stop it. Stop Are you it. Gonna leap up to me. <laughs> oh my. This is so crazy. 
my god. You know, people are like, guinea pigs are so skittish and they like don't want to hang out. Like, this motherfucker just left up to say hello. Oh my god. Multiple times. I don't want a guinea pig now. Do you hear that? It's loud as fuck. <laughs> It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.